Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Man City Show, everyone. This is Tony Ugros sitting in for the legend who is Nigel Rothband. We'll see you soon, Nigel. So, a week in which our beloved boys in blue beat the pretenders to our throne arsenal for a sixth consecutive time. And with no midweek game to look forward to for once, we can pause for breath and instead focus on our crucial game with Spurs at the weekend. And there's also one potential significant departure from the club to talk about. So joining me today with a perfect blend of youth and experience, it's Ollie Black. Welcome back, Ollie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Welcome. We've got Ian Lees. Hi, Ian. Hi, Tony. Nice to be back. And we've got our favourite, Nick Goldstone. How are you, Nick? Pretty good, thanks, Tony. Good. Okay, well, let's turn our attention to Arsenal to start with. A big game in many respects, an unusual Friday night billing. Pretty tight game, wasn't it, Ian? Um, you you had two. Well, you had the master and the and the and the, uh, and the learner there, didn't you? So uh, it was uh, a case of who was going to come out on top. I think very even first half. I think it was very predictable. And then the second half, I think um, Pep got the better, changed tactics and uh, sneaked it. So didn't surprise me one little bit the way it went, to be honest with you. Nick had had one nil written all over it for me. I just wasn't sure which way. What, what were your feelings? Yeah, I think there was um, there was lots of sort of bigger supposed narratives around the game that people wanted to impose on it around how Arsenal were going to play and who was going to play for them and what it meant for the title race. But the bottom line is that we. We were pretty much, I think, second best in the first half, but pulled it round in the second and got a good result. And on the face of it, you know, forgetting all that other stuff, it was a good win. Um, And we march on. Indeed we do in the FA Cup. And we'll perhaps reflect on how serious we should take that competition shortly. Ollie, your overall impressions of the match? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with what Nick said. I think they probably edged us in the first half. And I think we went and did a job in the second. You know, there was a lot of talk about what does it mean for the next two fixtures against Arsenal? And yes, there's an idea that first blood sort of territory, but actually we we all know that these fixtures are completely individual and it doesn't really mean anything for the Premier League games, but very glad we got the win. Indeed. Um, Ian, I mean, I thought Arsenal were very brave. They went man-to-man all the way up the pitch and I think caused significant difficulties for us in the first half. What did you make of their tactics? I think, yeah, you're right. But I also think they played on Rico Lewis. I think they put Trossard on Lewis, uh, pressed him hard to see if he would make the mistakes. And I thought Lewis played an exceptional first half uh, because it was difficult. 
Um, I think we. I, I disagree with with Nick. I thought we controlled it in the first half. I thought it was expected the way Arsenal would play. We did that, and like you said, in the second half, we tend to uh, change it where we went long to uh, to Haaland with uh, changing with Bernardo and Grealish. I, I I thought we were exceptional all the way through the game. To be honest with you. Well, it was certainly compelling stuff, and I think you've highlighted sort of one of the key areas and something we'll have to look in a bit closely is is the fullbacks, Nick. Um, Rico Lewis, Ake, were you surprised for such a game? No, not in the current climate and over the current couple of months. Really very unsurprised. Um, I, I, I think they're both great players. You know, it's been said countless times over the past few weeks that Rico Lewis has come in and, you know, just been phenomenal for an 18-year-old kid. But but that combination, and Ake's also done really well, uh, you know, and he scored a great goal, which, by the way, reminded, I don't know about anyone else, but kind of reminded me of Mario Balotelli's against United in 2012, but um, <laughs> 2011, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. But they're just, I... I, I as good as they are, I mean, this is what it's all. This is what it's all about. That that they're not Cancelo and Walker, and you know, you can argue that they bring different things. Maybe they're better defenders, um, but what you don't get is the pace of Walker and the attacking potential of Cancelo, um, which I think dampens down a bit our ability to really create chances and be as as creative as we have been over the past few years. Hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? I, I'm, Ollie, help me out here. I, I'm, I always struggle with Pep's formations, but it's always been a notional 4-3-3. It was very difficult to ascertain what positions people were playing. I mean, Lewis was playing broadly centre midfield from what I could see. Walker came on and played right wing. What's going on? I think I'm probably no better off than you with understanding formations and whenever the team comes out an hour before, I'm also trying to work out the jigsaw puzzle as well. Going back to the fullback situation, I mean, this Rico Lewis, he's 18. I know he's going to be a phenomenal player and he has been great. I actually think he wasn't um, anywhere near his best against Arsenal. I was at the game and I watched him quite closely and I actually think wasn't as composed as I've seen him transitionally from defence to midfield, wasn't as good as he had been. Um, but, you know, I'm not here to point him out. He's an 18-year-old and he's still learning. But again, uh, I think what Nick said about moving forward and sort of making plays and being more attacking, is Cancelo and Walker do much more of that than, than Ake and Lewis has done so far. But, yeah, that's my view. All right, so Ian... Moving from the fullbacks to the centre halves, John Stones sadly out injured, another hamstring. I don't think we're quite aware how long that's going to keep him out for. Are we any clearer as to our centre half pairings or our, our front two or best two centre halves? I mean, Diaz can't seem to get a game at the moment. Are you surprised? Uh, no, because I think we've got some of the best centre backs in in the Premier League. To be honest with you, uh, I think Ake for me has just come on leaps and bounds. He's just become a different player. Um, Laporte came on and just did what Stones would normally do: is defend brilliantly. So, so again, I, I again, I just think tactically. I thought Pep. I, I know you guys think that you couldn't get his formation, but if you can't get his formation, that means the opposing <laughs> side can't get his formation. So I think it goes in our favour. Uh, 
Um, but uh, I thought it was a very, very good tactical game between the master and the learner, to be honest with you. And and thankfully, Pep came up. But again, if you remember, he brought Walker on because they dealt with Trossard. They were going down the channel so that they were pinned back. And luckily, with Ake, um, he, he turned out to be a, a, a little Zinchenko where he was linking up with Grealish. So that was a bit of an, an added bonus. And by the way, if he'd have missed that, then who was on the end of it at the post? There was Haaland at the end of it, just a, a ticket to not put it in if, if we needed to. So I think all in all, great performance, great tactical battle between two top two sides. Um, and we, we shaved it, to be honest with you. Yeah, maybe just about. I'm gonna I'm gonna give the midfielder a week off. I think I'm gonna focus on the front three. Where again, there's been some rotation. We all know who the main man is. Uh, Harland didn't score. Kind of lumbered around from my perspective. Didn't look like the world's greatest striker. Nick, did you think he had a good game or could have contributed more? Yeah, I mean, funnily enough, I I liked the Harland that I saw against Arsenal because. He was dirty. He was <laughs> getting stuck in. He was battling. He was probably dripping sweat all over holding. And and hopefully he had some really bad BO and hadn't had a shower for a couple of days and just did as much as he could to unsettle the guy. Because that's what he's got to do as far as I'm concerned, as well as sticking the, sticking the ball in the net every half an hour. Um, when it When we need it, He's got to get in there and battle. And I really like the way that he did it, actually. He gave as good as he got. I mean, Ollie, it was it was interesting with Arsenal pushing up on every single player. He was often one-on-one at the back there, wasn't he? And I yeah. think we exploited that enough. You know, he's got tremendous pace. We, we don't seem to be playing the ball through to him as often, perhaps, as we could. I agree with you. I think on Friday there maybe weren't that many opportunities, but a lot of the time that long ball was coming but Haaland seemed to come sort of back towards the midfield and just held the ball up. So there weren't many through ball opportunities. And actually don't think he did, you know, he did that bit well, but he didn't have much to do. I think, I think he, uh, it was, yeah. All right. And then we had Grealish, the Mares on either side of him. Ian, does that float your boat? I thought I think Grealish is becoming a city player. Mares seems to, for me, he goes too deep. Um, and in fact, I, I think if you watched in the Tottenham game, I know I know he got the two goals, but when Stones came forward, he was further forward than Mares, and Mares should have been uh, a lot further forward. So I wasn't quite sure about Mares on uh, on Friday night. But I tell you, one person that we've all forgotten, Ortega. Ortega was superb that mm-hmm. night um, with his delivery of the balls up to, as Nick said, they were using Haaland as the target man. And he was delivering balls down them them side channels and to Haaland himself. And obviously the two or, two or three saves that um, were outstanding. So I think he's becoming uh, a force to be reckoned with as well. Yeah, Nick, do you agree? I thought he had a good game, actually. Yeah, he did have, I mean, he made some very good saves mm. in the first half. He had a very, I think he had a very quiet second half from memory other than sort of maybe towards the end when they, you know, they were desperate to try to find a goal from somewhere. Made a couple of good saves. I think people are a little bit nervous about his potential for um, bloopers, but, you know, particularly after Southampton. 
Um, but no, he, I, the, he's, we, we desperately need someone to give Edison some level of competition. Because um, however good you are, you cannot keep that level up to where it needs to be unless you've got some pressure on you. And Edison's had pretty much no competition for for the best part of about five years. Um, so uh, it's good to see him have a good game, Ortega. Yeah, certainly. I think we'd all agree an improvement from Zach Steffen. I mean, Ollie, help me out here. I was having a debate with my AJ on Friday night during the game. He was saying a lot of our problems was because of Ortega's distribution wasn't as good as we'd normally get from Edison. I'm, I'm not sure I agree with that. Do you want to have the casting vote here, Ollie? Uh, I'd argue we've been extremely spoiled with Edison, uh, as mm. we all know. When he's got the ball at his feet, he's as good as anyone and better than a lot of outfield players. So I think we've been completely spoiled. Uh, I think Ortega has done a really good job whenever we've needed him, whenever he's come in. No, he's not as good as Edison, but I think that's expected. Yes, sometimes I think he lets their attackers get a bit too close to the ball. So I understand Nick's point about bloopers, but I think he's done well. Um, and I like him. All right. Nick, back to you then. Um, this was an FA Cup game. We've already touched upon it, but how significant a marker do you think this is for the two ensuing big, big league games against Arsenal, indeed, the rest of the season? Um, Pep went very strong. Do you think that was right? And do you think it was indeed a marker? Well, I don't think it was wrong because... You know, we have, what, nine games, nine days till the next game. So um, there wasn't any huge pressure. I think also, to be honest, at the moment, Pep's options are relatively limited given where we are as a as a squad right now and, and how well various players are performing. Um, yeah. I mean, look, it all comes down to what, how you want to spin it, I think. It's either... I, I don't think it's a massively significant result as far as the league games are concerned, particularly given that we play Arsenal away um, in a couple of weeks' time, uh, and that will be very different. They will clearly certainly have their very best, strongest 11 out for that game, which they'll argue they didn't have uh, on Friday night. Um, we were pretty strong. Um, I think barring Edison versus Ortega, actually, you know, I think we've played we've been we've we played pretty much the same team that we've been playing in um, in our league games in the past couple of weeks. Uh, but that doesn't mean there won't be significant changes in two weeks' time, provided that one or two of our very 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 strong-looking bench have started to um, perform at the level that they need to to get into the starting eleven. So, look, I think, you know, most, the vast majority of people would say at the moment it's all about where we are and how well we're performing because clearly we've been underperforming for one reason or another for most of the last couple of months, I would say. Yeah, maybe more on that later. Ian, how impressed were you with Arsenal? I mean, let's be clear, they made five changes. They pushed us hard. Again, um, I, I think Arteta's our, our done a great job there, turning it round. I think he's brought in the right personnel to do the right jobs. 
Um, his loss of, um, of Gabriel was a big one for him. Um, but again, he's using the tactics, the same as Ten Hag is at Man United. It's all about Pep teaching um, to a certain degree, it's gone against us a little bit because his two assistant managers, one at City and one at Bayern, are now a fight or, or against him. Um, no, so it hasn't surprised me what Arsenal have done so far, and it won't surprise me what yeah, Tan Hag will do at United as well. But again, I think Pep will thrive on that to find new ways to, to beat these systems, and I think he did that quite convincingly on Friday. So, Ollie, you... Uh... Sort of more comfortable or more worried about Arsenal coming up in a couple of weeks after that game? I think I've got to stick with what I said at the start of the show, which is, you know, these fixtures are all very separate and they've got to be looked at separately. I think some of, well, the, the Saka I'd probably mentioned didn't really stand out on Friday. I don't think he really turned up. I think that's probably due to the fact that we defended fairly well. I think they're still a real threat. I think... Over the course of the season, they've played the most exciting football in England. I don't know if anyone disagrees with that, but I think they've, they've played the best football, better than City. Um, and, sure, but okay. And I think they're a real threat. And, you know, they've got more points than us at the moment, so it's a worry. Okay, so we're through to the fifth round. It's been an extraordinary season, really, when we think about it. Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea. Well, two courtesy of us are out. Chelsea and, and Liverpool battling for that Europa Conference play. So good luck with that. Um, how seriously should we take this FA Cup, Ian? Uh, we've been knocked out in the semi-finals, I think, the last three seasons. And to me, it's almost all in or all out, quite frankly. I, I, it frustrates me slightly. We've Pep would doubtless say we've had to play weakened teams because of our league commitments. But should we take this competition seriously this year? You are not going to believe who we have drawn in the fifth round. Is it United? No. Bristol City away. Oh, breaking news. Okay. We're recording this on Monday night, folks. That's just as the draw is taking place. You had me worried there for a second because well, we've had some pretty, pretty you, tough draws. I've been just watching the draw and I'm thinking, we're getting United. Tottenham have got the good teams. Everybody's coming out and yet, and it's just come out Bristol City versus Manchester City. All right. You heard it here first. So, oh, bearing in mind... And guess We've who got United Bristol got. City gone. <laughs> Go on. Man United are at home to Derby or West Ham. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll take that. So, so listen, sorry, Bristol yes. City, where were we? I think yeah. we'd all take that away from home. Nice well, trip. We, we, we played them twice before in the was it the semi-final, quarter-final of the cup um, a few seasons ago. Must have been the semis, mustn't it? But yeah. Yeah, it must have been we semis, did. didn't we? Mm. Didn't we beat them 8 0 at home and um, Three one away if I can remember rightly. Um, Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So so there you go. So um the, the draw's been a little kind to this round. Um well, about that, time. All I can say is Pep um he eats, drinks, sleeps football and winning football. So I I think he takes every game as serious as uh, as his last one. So yeah, I you know I can expect uh, a good performance against um a winning performance against Bristol City, to be honest with you. Fair enough, Nick. Going back to my original question, what was some time ago now? How seriously should we take this competition? As I say, it's frustrating to get to the semi and then feel the weakened team. It'd be nice to win it, wouldn't it? I mean, we've only won it twice 
in this new era, which yeah. you know I'm very grateful for. Um, yeah. Should I go for it? I agree. the the prop The big problem that the FA Cup has is that the semi final always ends up getting caught up with um, late stage Champions League games, uh, and that's why predominantly we have uh, not we have not managed to get past uh, uh, the semi final in recent years, apart from playing pretty decent teams. But I think La was it. Was it last year when we got beat by Liverpool? It was just around the time of that Atletico Madrid game where we got absolutely battered to pieces yep. uh, and destroyed. So you know that that is what it is. Um, I, I I agree. I think the FA Cup is great. Really want to win it. Love going to the final, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, everything is slightly muted right now. I feel. Uh, because of the state of the squad and how we're playing and what's going on with Pep and various players and Cancelo buggering off this afternoon, being one of the the outcomes of all of that supposed turmoil. Um, uh, And the fact that, you know, there's, there's now a very, very strong challenge from Arsenal um, for the league. And, you know, it's difficult to see, it, honestly, how we're going to win the Champions League this year, given how we are playing. Um, which might be, you know, it might be actually that we've had so many great chances to win the Champions League and blown it that might, this year might be the time that we do it when it looks like we won't. But who knows? But the bottom line is the FA Cup's got to be important. I mean, we've we've already we've had to beat Chelsea and Arsenal, so you kind of don't want to chuck that away. Um, and we've got to take it as it comes. We've got a relatively decent draw in the fifth round, which means that hopefully we get to a court final with two games to go to get to the final. So it's got to be on the basis that you know we might not win anything else this season. It's got to be a. It's got to be a really important part of the season, and we've yeah. got various. You know, we've got quite a few players now who have won the FA Cup who should be highly motivated to do so. But I think it will all come down to how far we get in the Champions League. Uh, and, you know, whether we end up in a similar situation with very tough Champions League times in and around the same time as the latter stages of the FA Cup. That is what it all comes down to, Tony. Fair enough. Ollie, are you an FA Cup romantic? Yeah, I'm an FA Cup romantic. Uh, I've enjoyed some good days out at the FA Cup over the years. Um, it's the oldest national football competition in the world. I think, you know, there's a lot of prestige there. But again, you know, if you were asked to see the hierarchy, it wouldn't be in the top two. So, you know, that's my view. All right. Thank you very much, chaps. Let's pause for breath. We'll take a break. And when we come back, we'll have a look at uh, where Mr. Cancelo's off to and look forward to the Spurs game. Welcome back, everyone. OK, so FA Cup tie to look forward to in Bristol. Looking forward to that. Let's just focus on today's breaking news. We're recording this on Monday night. So Cancelo is apparently off to Bayern Munich, we hear. Ian, surprised, disappointed? Um, 
I think not surprised. I think Concello is has been a, a, a wonderful asset for us. The last few months he's not been at his best, so Pep wouldn't have played him. But as a professional player, you want to play all the time. Uh, and that was evident with Zinchenko and with Gabriel as well. Uh, you know, they just know if you're at Manchester City, if you're not, you're not going to play every game. If that's something that's not uh, for you, then you move on. Um, and I think it hasn't surprised me because Pep, if Concello said, I, I want to play every game, then Pep will say, sorry, you're not for me, and he will let him go. Um, such as though the, the system at City now is we will find someone that is probably that we could replace him. But at the moment, we've got Rico, who, you know, I think we've all agreed is still playing a good game. And we've got the backup with Walker as well. Ake still playing well at left back, which may be Gomez, you know, if he can come through as well as a City player. I, you know, I just I don't think there's a problem. I think if the player doesn't want it wants to play every game and Pep says no, then yeah, move him on. All right, you heard it here first, Ollie. Are you uh, a bit disappointed or worried? I mean, Ake is he the really the long term solution at left back? Disappointed, worried. I don't know about that. I, I was surprised. I, I think I disagree with what Ian says. I was surprised to see it. I didn't see it coming. Um, Talk about Cancelo first and then go on to Ake. Um, I don't know if anyone else picked up on it, but I was in the car on the way home from the Arsenal game and Pep was being interviewed. And um, he listed a number of City players in his interview and actually referred to Cancelo as Mr Cancelo, which immediately was a bit of a red flag for me. Something's definitely gone on. I know there were some rumours today that said... They had a big fallout when he said he wasn't selected and then threatened to go. And Pep replied by saying, off you go. We can always speculate. Who knows what you read in the papers? But I was surprised. Um, going back to the question you asked me about Ake, I think he's been really good. And I think he's played a lot of fixtures since the World Cup. And yes, he doesn't give as much attacking threat, but I think he's a really good player. And I'm quite confident he can do a job for us. All right, Nick, it's been apparent that things haven't been quite right in the camp for a little while. If we go by Pep's interviews, the performances, I think most of us would say, haven't been quite there. Is this just the inevitable consequence of that? And do you hope this will settle things down and we'll have a harmonious squad now? Well, I hope so. Uh, I mean, there's clearly had, there's, there's been some disruption to the, the normally harmonious um, camp that uh, seems to have been bubbling around since, I guess, since they came back from the World Cup for one reason or another. Uh, that, um, you know, Cancelo going is not the end of the world. He, he was a phenomenally talented guy. Um, probably the best left-back in the Premier League for the past two, three years. I think he's been in the PFA team of the year the last two years. Um, yes, you know, a bit up and down. Um, certainly when he's good, he's incredible. When he's not good, he's pretty terrible. Um, but overall, uh, I, I mean, I, I always thought of him as, uh, you know, as a left-back who's not a, not a left-back. I mean, he's a, he's a creative player. Um, and, and he's incredibly talented as that. Uh, 
him going, you know, he's clearly not bigger than the club and he's not bigger than Pep Guardiola. So if he wants to go, then it's goodbye. And if he wants to create a bit of aggravation because he's not playing for for uh, for two, three weeks, then off you go, mate. Uh, even if they're asking you to play on the right wing or left midfield or left back, right, wherever it is, you know, you do it and you get on with it. And then if you're a bit upset, then you keep it to yourself. Um, if, if, and I doubt it, but if, you know, if more players start to create issues, then that becomes a bit more of a, of a managerial issue. And I think there's, there's some level of, um, of the turmoil that, you know, may just have been created by the way that Pep's decided for whatever reason to chop and change the team so much. Uh, in terms of the personnel starting and the formations and positions, uh, which had, may have been a bit unnecessary, maybe, and, uh, and, and unsettled. Um, but, you know, we know what he's, from what he's been saying in the past couple of weeks, Pet, that he's not been happy for one reason or another with the level of performance and attitude. Um, so I think the best thing we can do is hope that it, it begins and ends with Cancelo and that that's it. And we move on. It does seem to be our bogey position, doesn't it? For the amount we've spent on fullbacks over the years, we don't seem to have been able to settle on a left back for various reasons. Some of them would have to say a little unsavoury, but there we are. Ian, do you think this will prompt us to go into the transfer window? Do you want us to sign another left back? Or let's throw out a broader question. Do we need to sign anyone else during this transfer window? Um two things about Pep. Pep never likes to work with big squads anyhow. So uh, he'll be happy with the squad he's got. Um, we've never really bought a player in the transfer window anyway in January other than Laporte when we desperately needed a centre-back. Do we desperately need a left-back? We've got Ake playing tremendously well. He's got speed, heading and ability. Uh He's attacking before he scored a goal um, <laughs> from left back. Um, so so um, I don't think we'll rush into uh, for desperation. If there's somebody out there that he wants, they'll get him. But at the moment, I think Pep's quite happy with the attitude of the players he's got. I think my t- the two worries I've got are a midfield one with uh, Gundo and uh, with Bernardo because he's not started Bernardo for a while. So I'm just wondering whether that's a little bit of a, an issue as well. But uh, as far as the transfer window goes, don't think so. Fair enough, Ollie. If I was if I was your centre and could offer you any player, who do you think would would be that missing link just to really take this team to the next level? Who would you who would you be your dream signing this January? It's a really tough question, and one I've not actually thought about. Um, are we talking solely in the left back position now? Cancelo has gone because we've been I'm, talking. I'll about make it. it easy for you. Any any position, any player, anywhere. I mean, I think Pedri or Gavi at Barcelona. I think they're real pedigree and they're real, really great footballers, and they showed some of their class in the World Cup. But I think you know players for the future, and they're two young young talents I've really had my eye on. So if I was to pick a player, I'd have one of them. I'm not sure it's right. between. We we better hurry up before Chelsea buy them, hadn't we? Nick, anyone anyone you desperate to get your hands on? Mr. Bellingham springs to mind. Well, there's been some rumours this afternoon we're we're gonna try and re-sign Pedro Porro 
and hijack his move to to Spurs. We only got rid of the guy in the summer, but he's a left back, so um, wouldn't be a bad idea to invoke the the buyback clause that we apparently have at um, twenty million and bring him in. No, I, other other than that, I, I can't see the value. If if we were going to do it, we'd have already done it. I suspect so. Unless something absolutely wild happens in the next twenty four hours or so, then um, I, I can't see it. I can't see it happening. What about um, Lionel Messi? Can we not get Lionel Messi? <laughs> <laughs> well, watch this space. <laughs> okay, then. So this is the squad we're going to have to do it with this season. It looks like so. Looking ahead, it's our old nemesis Spurs on Sunday. Um, Ian, has that brought you out in a Lisa-esque fear? How, what, what is it about Spurs? Tony, I've just thought of someone. What about Benjamin Mendy? He was a left back. <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> is. <laughs> so, I don't think we'll be seeing him for a while. <laughs> it's a shame. Yeah. Well. Um, Listen, Spurs, Spurs is going to be a tough one again. They seem to be our uh, Achilles heel. Um, uh, White Hart Lane's not been a good place for us uh, for the last few seasons. It will be a tough one. They will be wanting revenge over over the Etihad uh, saga. But but again, I think we'll be lined up for it. And hopefully we'll, we'll get the three points there because we'll, we can't lose another game. That's the problem for the next... Uh, next few months, to be honest with you, Tony. Well, I was about to ask Nick: Is 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 this a must-win game? Well, they're all must-win games now, aren't they? Well, there you go. When you're when you're potentially eight points behind, um, there is very very little room for margin of error, uh, which makes life very difficult. Um, the, uh, it, it it's difficult to know how it's going to go. I mean, you know, Spurs will be potentially seriously rattled, having absolutely blown it the other week at, at our place. Um, but then again, they'll also be seriously peed off with what they did in the second half in that game. So expect a reaction. Um, you know, again, in the in the first half of the of the home game against Spurs, we looked exceedingly unimpressive. Um, so it kind of depends who turns up for us, really, doesn't it? You know, do we are we getting back on track? Decent result against Spurs eventually. Decent result against Arsenal. Can we see some rays of light and improvement and getting back to where to somewhere close to where we know we can be? Or are we going to continue to, to rattle around being pretty average and kind of hope for the best? Mm, yeah, no, it'll be tough. Did, Ollie, do you subscribe to this theory that Spurs just have that knack of beating us? Is is there, Have we just been unlucky? Or how would you put it down to our recent record against them? It's a tough one to call. They do always seem to show up. Um We've not beaten them at their new place yet. Um, they're a very unpredictable... Well, I, I find them an unpredictable side, but they've become less unpredictable against us, which I can't really understand. It's going to be a really tough fixture. And, I, you know, it's. It, I feel like it is a must-win. But I don't know. It's a, it's a Spurs way, and I can't I can't call it. 
I mean, I, I love Spurs. I love the way their fans don't have this sense of self-entitlement. So, do you know what? I'm up for it. But, Ian, anything to learn from the 4-2 for either team, for that matter? Um, again, it's the same old thing with City. If we go 2-0 down, we always win. So so <laughs> let's rock on. Let, let them score two in the first half and we come back again. Um, no, again, we've just got to trust in Pep because over, over the last three or four seasons, he's just been tremendous uh, for us. Um, you know, you, you've just got to be um, patient on on Sunday, and just hope we we, we get something at, um, at the at the new ground, which, like Ollie said, we have we haven't won yet. So it'll be interesting. And under Conte, I think they're slightly weaker than they were with with any other manager. So uh, let's see, let's see. Mm-hmm. But we we do this every game, don't we? We knock City down, saying we're not going to win, and then we go and win. So again, typical City fans will do what we do always best. We don't know, but we'll be happy on Monday morning. We hope so. Nick, do you expect any changes? Alvarez pushing for a start, for example? Uh, I don't see him starting. I don't... I, 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 I think there's... I think there's potential there in him playing with Haaland. Um, but I don't... I don't see him... I don't think it's going to be the go-to strategy... Um, for the time being, it might not ever be, but it certainly isn't for the time being. Um, so changes, <clears throat> no, maybe I'd, I'd quite, I'd like to see Walker start actually, um, almost as a comfort blanket, back to getting back to basics a little bit, getting back to where we used to be, and trying to remember what it used to be when we had a a back four that was about. I mean, where's Ruben Diaz? Where is the guy? Why? Why is he not starting? Why is he not coming? Why is he not getting a game? I don't think he's hundred percent fit yet. Don't think right. he's max uh, fit yet. So he's sitting on the bench and he's not hundred percent fit. Yeah. Well, it, 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 they do that a lot just to fill spaces on the bench, don't they? You know. Um, yeah. So- yeah. yeah. So, but we we'll see. He might do. I, I quite agree with you, Nick. I think Walker should start on, the, especially with John Stones now maybe being out because Stones he played uh, in the last Tottenham game. But I think Walker, you know, I would have said he would have start this this Sunday on that and just have uh, Laporte and um, and Akanji in the middle and and uh, and Ake left back. But. Sure. Yeah, I think we've all all learned our lessons trying to predict a pep team. But Ollie, what would you go? Just give us your front three. All right, Haaland plus two. I'll make it easier for you. Haaland plus Mares because of his form, and I think he's been fantastic. Before I answer my third, is Foden still out with a foot injury? Is he back? No. Is he okay? Does he even have a foot injury? Would be my question. But, Does he have um... a foot injury? Yeah. What's going on there? Just before I give my final answer. Well, yeah, well, we can we can actually say he's he's not been match fit, can't we? For whatever reason, so I, I don't think Phil will, will probably start. It'll be, again, he'll be on the bench. Um, but it, I, I think uh, Grealish has done okay in the last few games as well. I know it's one of them where you either like him or or hate him. Um, but I, I agree with Ali Mares again. I'm I'm a bit. Um, 
I think the guy can give you a bit more. He's just a little bit lazy, but what he gives you is he'll, he'll give you that scoring product. Um, so you've got to start him. Um, and I can't see why you can't start the same players that you did um, against Tottenham, to be honest with you. Against Arsenal? Uh, no, we can't. Uh, sorry, yeah, Tottenham is... But anyway, <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Well, chaps, I'm going to ask you for your score predictions in a second. I'll let you think about that. I've got a, just a couple of shout-outs. I know I shouldn't do this, but I've, I've got a, some new listeners, you'll be pleased to know. We've got Rick and Nick in the Gold Coast in Australia. Um, so welcome aboard from Australia. And a, a former Cheadle Blue, Neil, who's listening in Vancouver Island these days. So welcome aboard, Nick. We've gone international at last. So there you go. Ollie... How many are City going to win by on Sunday? Come on, let's be positive. 2-1 City. 2-1 City. Okay. Nicholas? 3-1 City. Mm-hmm. Confident. Confident. Ian? I'm going to go 2-0 City. I think we're going to contain Son very well. You heard it here first, chaps. Well, there you go. Let's well, find out on Sunday. Tony, don't get out of this one. What's your prediction? I'm, no, I've, I've learned from Nigel. I'm the host. But I, I was actually going to say, I think it might be two all, actually. But um, no one going for a boring nil-nil. <laughs> I've been hanging out with Lisa Rabinovich too much, I'm afraid. That's that's as positive as it gets. Um, but thank you all for your contributions and for joining me tonight. Up the blues, and we very much hope to see you all soon. So, thank you very much, and good night. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.